Hi, this is Lewis Gossett Jr. You're listening to TV Confidential. Say, Joey, would you like to shoot a real bullet? Is it hurt someone? Even kill someone? Go ahead, Dopey. Squeeze it. Oh, oh. Uh, 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 uh. You shot him, Joey. You shot your brother. I didn't, I didn't. Think we should call the cops, Harry? I guess so. <laughs> Ed Robertson with a reminder that Lorraine Newman will join us in our second hour. We hope you stay tuned for that. In the meantime, Greg Airbar is with us for another look at recently released DVD and streaming titles that we think you'll find of interest. You can read Greg Airbar twice a month at cartoonresearch.com. What do you have for us this week? Little Fugitive. Now, That's the little name. Well, as I recall... This was a very famous short film, and if I remember correctly, did not didn't it win an Oscar? It was nominated okay. for one, and it won pretty much every other award that a film like this could win. Uh, most importantly, it is considered and was quoted as being the film that inspired the French New Wave movement in the 50s by Jean Cocteau. Was it Jean Cocteau? I believe it was Jean Cocteau. You can you can check that in, in your Wikipedia, folks, but I believe it was Jean Cocteau. It wasn't Jean-Paul Sartre. No. It was somebody named Jean. Or Jean-Paul Belmondo. Yeah. Not, Jean not, not, Jean. not that Jean-Belmondo. But it, it's a simple, sweet, and memorable film that I saw many years ago. And having had an older brother and... Having been a little kid, very much like this little kid, I just, I don't know, I, I just never forgot this film. And I don't think you necessarily even, it's an unforgettable little film because it's just, it's just a little slice of life. Did you see it on the, uh, in the theater? Did you see it? This sounds like something that may have aired at one point on the CBS Children's Film Festival on Saturday mornings. This is the kind of film that would have and might have but I saw it on a local station. It was just on, and I watched it. I had no idea what it was. I got all caught up in it, and I never forgot it. It's one of those things I'm never going to forget this for the rest of my life. It's one of those films that just stays with you. And then when it was on TCM, I think I watched it again. When the DVD set came out a few years back, I shared it with my family and said, this is a film that means a lot to me. Uh, there was a, a film afterwards called Lovers and Lollipops that was sort of a little girl version kind of of it that I also saw on a local station. I didn't know it was the same people at the time, and I also enjoyed that. Uh, and uh, that's what I'm talking about today is a comprehensive Blu-ray set with uh, almost everything that the filmmakers that made this film did. Pretty much the, the grand total or as much as you could possibly get in one set it says a lot about the filmmakers and the photographers it's morris engel and ruth orkin and if you are fascinated by new york of a very a bygone era then this is definitely for you if the kind of film the kind of simple film that just has a point to make and then moves on and it isn't rapid paced and, and just is a very much just a, this is what life was like uh, it's a series of vignettes 
that's also a recommendation for it. These these were photographers. Morris Engel was a photographer, and so was Ruth. And they had met. They met in a uh, photography, a prestigious photography group. And these were the kind of photographers that thrived during an era where you took award-winning photos of life for magazines like Life and Look, of people in candid shots on streets and doing ordinary things, doing interesting things, just anything. And they would have exhibitions, and sometimes they were famous people. There is a short uh, interview with Ruth Orkin on here where she's discussing a series of photography things that she did with Leonard Bernstein. And they're candid photos taken at a concert, but they're candid photos. So they're interesting because you're seeing what the musicians are like when they're not playing necessarily. So it's just interesting photos that tell stories. So naturally, there was this artistic goal of also expressing themselves occasionally in films. And Little Fugitive was revolutionary in its day. It doesn't seem that way now because you can go with your phone and kind of make this kind of film yeah. if you thought you could. It's not as easy as it looks, but you, you, you could make something on this scale with your phone, uh, technically, but not artistically. Because if you look at these films and you break it down into what the shots are and how they're composed, what's in each of the frames, these are films made by photographers. And Engel was told constantly when he made the first film, you're out of your mind. No one wants to see this. No one will buy this. No one will distribute this. Who wants to see a movie about a little kid? Uh, it doesn't have any marketability. And at the time, this sort of thing simply wasn't being made anywhere, even internationally, not really. So he did it anyway, and he did it for pretty much nothing. And he hired mostly uh, amateur actors or local New York actors with, with some experience and friends and relatives who would show up if they did. In the case of Little Fugitive, the only uh, family who showed up were his cousin and uh, I think his wife or girlfriend, and they're in several scenes. And so he got this wonderful little boy that they just found and his name, Richie Andrusco. And there's a feature on the Blu-ray where he actually, the adult Richie, and he visit the same locations. And Richie's seven, and he acts like a seven-year-old kid. And he has this very simple story that basically the older brother has to take care of the younger brother because the mom has to go away for a couple of days and they live in this blue collar walk up in Brooklyn next to Colony Island. I'm assuming I have my geography right, which is where the filmmaker lived when he was young. So he chose this because he knew the location very well. He grew up there. So it's sort of semi-autobiographical. And a bunch of the kids just, he's, he's getting annoyed by his brother. And a bunch, one of the kids comes up with this idea. Uh, they're reading their, their comic books about murder and mayhem. And they come up with an idea of, why don't you just convince him that he killed you? So they set up this whole scenario 
they find a, a, a shotgun with one bullet in it. As, and he says in the commentary that he was actually terrified that shooting that scene and was relieved it was over because it was not something he was coming. He was, he's very anti-gun and just, the whole story is, you know, anti that, <laughs> but he says that he was a nervous wreck making that one scene. Yeah. But they, they spread ketchup on the brother, the, the, the other boys, and he plays like he's been shot. He's been killed. And so the other boy, it's like a scene from Lion King. You know, the other boy acts like Scar. He says, you've killed your brother. Now what are you going to do? The police are going to get you. You know, you've got to get away. You've got to get away. And this little boy is petrified, and he doesn't understand. So he bolts. And to avoid a policeman, and I'm not going to tell you the whole movie, trust me. To avoid a policeman, he gets on a train, and he ends up at Coney Island. And he finds his way around Coney Island with a little bit of money that he has. And he goes on rides. He plays some of the games. And he loves horses. So he goes on the pony rides. And then he, he figures out, just by learning it from another kid, that you can... Tr- just trade in soda bottles to get money back. And that's how he learns to survive. He learns to get food and he learns how to get more pony rides by trading in empty bottles. So he just picks them up off the beach and, and that's how he's managing. And so it's the, it's the quiet little adventures of this little boy on the beach. And then what his brother does to find him, And, and that that's pretty much it. The entire musical score is a harmonica. The reason that was done was because of the musicians unit. They didn't have money for an orchestra because you had to have so many musicians legally by union to have an orchestra. He said, well, how, how could we get away with just a harmonica or just one one? And he said, they said, yes. So they picked a gentleman named Eddie Manson, who was a renowned harmonica player. Actually, he said he tried some others. And one guy says, no, you this can't be done. So they got another guy who could do it. And, it works because it just fits the little boy and it fits his personality. And the harmonica also does sort of effects throughout it. And there's, there's just these memorable little scenes that, that are just such the brains of a little kid, the logic of a little kid for in the movies about 80 minutes long. And it just sustains itself itself that way. And it's hard to imagine how this could work. And we'll talk about that in more detail in just a bit. In the meantime, Little Fugitive, Little Fugitive, the collected films of Morris Engel and Ruth Orkin is available on Blu-ray through Kino Lorber. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. We'll carry over our conversation with Greg into our second hour. Then we will welcome Lorraine Newman. Lorraine Newman, one of the founding members of the Groundlings and one of the original cast members of NBC's Saturday Night Live. All that and more We come back for hour number two of TV Confidential. Stay with us. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty Group, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com. For more information on how they can help you. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash 
TV Confidential, x.com forward slash TV Confidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.